0: I just inherited a haunted house. Maybe it's not good to live in a haunted house. Series. I'm pretty sure he didn't have that knife in his back before, I explained in shock. Sarah gave me a pitying look before flicking out her lighter, she was swallowed up in darkness. Only the pale moonlight from the bank of kitchen windows was now visible. I thought about the term, swallowing, for a second longer before shaking it from my thoughts. There were more pressing issues at hand. Why'd you turn off the flame? I asked. She grunted, and there was a sudden squelching sound. The house wants us to shut off all fires after dark. Rule 1. Her voice suddenly moved next to me. Have you considered following all the rules, Raymond? All of them. Yes. All the time. I think that's the only way they would be effective. I pondered in silence. I mean, I guess we could try that. I turned to face where I thought she was standing. What are you doing? Sarah held up an object that gleamed in the reflected moonlight. I pulled the knife from your dude's back. Now I'm going to test rule 12. Is that the sex rule? I asked as she headed to the window. No, Raymond, she sighed. It's not the sex rule. We don't need to test the sex rule. Crack. I covered my ears. What the hell? Crack, crack. Sarah gasped. That's as hard as I can hit. Look, not a scratch on the glass. I leaned forward to see that she was quite right. The rules say it's impossible to break our way out, she panted. Do you want to give it a try? No. You've seemed to figure out what's happening, and I trust that you're right. She paused, but I could not see the expression on her face. Her silhouette looked beautiful in the moonlight, though. A groan emerged from the floor by my feet. Sarah's knife-wielding hand shot above her head. A pale face rose into the light. It's okay. I called. It's just Eagle. What? Sarah screeched. Raymond, this knife was handle deep in his back. Yeah, I breathed. What can I say? He's a trooper. Eagle got to his feet, white eyes glowing bright. Then he fell over. Well, he might not be at a hundred percent but he's taken beatings that could knock the balls off a Clydesdale, so I think he'll be okay. Ish. Eagle groaned. Sarah took my hand very suddenly, and it got all tingly again. We have to go. Now. My brain got all melty, and I obeyed without question. Once we had moved into the dark hallway, she leaned close. Something about whispering directly into my ear while I couldn't see her made me feel emboldened. But mostly horny. Seriously, it was super hot. We need to move quickly, she whispered. Remember rules 13 and 15? No. Entities almost never take physical form. How, then, did that knife get forced into his back? I shrugged, then leaned in closer. I have no idea, Sarah. Her voice rose even higher, her breaths tickling the inside of my ear. Rule 13 tells of the most dangerous threat. Raymond, there's another person inside your house. I pulled back in shock as my cold waves of terror raked my chest. That doesn't make any sense. No one can open the doors to get in. Raymond, I think that he's been here the entire time. I swallowed. You mean. I think he was here when you moved in. We were silent. That silence was far worse than any noise, because we were waiting for the next sound, knowing it would inevitably be a threat, and hearing nothing. Soon, I wanted to hear a sound, just to end this tension. Silence. I jumped when Sarah grabbed my fingertips. We have to go upstairs, she breathed. Do you remember the creaking noise above your bedroom? Yeah, I responded. Little clouds of dust came down below them. Exactly. How would that have been possible unless there was a physical manifestation? My breath caught in my throat. He's been living above my bedroom. I gasped. I think so. I'm sorry. Shit, do you think he could see me? I shot back nervously. I have no idea. Why? No reason. None. I let out a slow rush of air. Raymond, I lied earlier. Sarah confessed from the shadows. It wasn't just the rules that convinced me to put out the light. She took three short, quick breaths. Whoever stabbed Eagle was been nearby, and they must have been looking for us. That's why I took the knife. I was scared shitlesser than a prune-eater on laxatives, but even that didn't distract from my newfound admiration for Sarah. I mean, what a badass. I'd always incorporated a request of keep the glasses on into my fantasies of her, but I suddenly realized that hold the knife, too, would make its way into my repertoire. Okay, I whispered. I'll lead. Cut the machismo horse shit, I'm packing, she shot back. Exactly. If someone jumps me from the shadows, you'll have to stab them while I'm down. They'll underestimate you. It's the most logical plan. Is it possible to feel a smile through darkness? I think so. I also knew it was best for me to lead because I could navigate my house in the dark, which is how I found that I can't navigate my house in the dark. It's much more difficult than you'd think. My shins and nose suffered the consequences as I learned that the hard way, and we lost all hope of subtlety with the noise I made. But we made it to the attic. The door stood a far end of the hallway leading to the blue room. Even facing away from it made me feel dizzy. Though I knew I was upright, my body told me that I was hanging sideways over a precipice, ready to fall down the corridor as if it was a well. My head spun like the time I drank that glass of moonshine without understanding what it was. I wanted to go into the god-forsaken attic, if only to get farther away from a room that I could feel but feared because it was unseen in the darkness. We emerged into the attic. Sarah, I whispered, i have never actually been in here before. We're going to have to use your lighter, I don't know my way around. I was hoping that she'd say, fuck it, and we could run back downstairs to spoon under the covers until the sun came up and the monsters evaporated by magic. But her tiny face sprang to life as she flicked the light in one hand while holding the knife close in the other, stepping boldly into the unknown space ahead. I quickly moved next to her, emboldened by sheer proximity to what I could only assume were ovaries of steel. It's massive, and it's empty, she muttered quietly. Our echoing footsteps confirmed this, the place was so large that it sounded like we were outside. I guessed that the attic ran the entire length of the enormous house. We walked. A partial wall emerged before us. Sarah gripped the knife tighter, this corner was the only space that we could not see around. Slowly, we moved past it. Sarah gasped. Dirty sheets sat crumpled atop a filthy mattress. Smelly clothes and decaying food crumbs lay in heaps around the disgusting bed. A small propane tank was questionably attached to a rusty camp stove, atop which sat an ancient-looking mug. Sarah looked rapidly around us. My goodness. Holy goat fucking shit, I echoed. I tried to spot what other secrets lived inside this cavernous space, but could see only darkness. Raymond, Sarah whispered. The panic in her voice trickled down my spine. I turned to see her bent over the camp stove. Her breaths came in tiny, short bursts. This mug is red hot. Whoever's been living here is with us, right now, hiding in the shadows.